Good morning. This is a special Winners Live from Ascot on this Saturday, April 15. Good morning to you listening on your local SEN track dial right across the country. And a big hello to you wherever you may be listening on the SEN app. Well, I didn't think I would ever say this, but welcome to Quokka Day, WA's newest and richest race, named after WA's favourite animal, worth $4 million that has caused already drama and controversy that would make Donald Trump and even Jack Dickens proud. The Barry draw fiasco has actually put this new race well and truly on the map. And now the stage is set here at Ascot, the home of WA Racing, for one of her biggest dancers. The star attraction, well, she is box office. This one, the filly from the West. Behind those, Amelia's Jewel picking her way through. Cascadians coming down the outside. Amelia's Jewel out after Ryan Clad. Amelia's Jewel hits the front, and Walshie's West Aussie Wonder Philly has won the Northerly. Amelia's Jewel. And will this be the day Amelia's Jewel, the hometown hero, storms down the outside to win the Quokka and officially announce that she's the best in the land? And if she does that, the roar here at Ascot will be that loud it will give a nation goosebumps. And while Amelia's Jewels team and fans believe that she's the special one, there's an army of Queenslanders that wouldn't swap their new star with any horse in this country. Uncommon James and Asfur up to Zoo style. It's kicking Uncommon James in the middle. Uncommon James grabs Asfura. Uncommon James holding on and won the Oakley plate. Lofty strike up a second from Asfura. And why wouldn't you believe in Uncommon James? He's untapped and today he'll get his chance to look the filly right in the eye as she heads into gate 14 right alongside him. And I reckon he'll say, hey girl, I'm going forward and I'm going to keep on running like you've never ever seen anyone before. And uh, the rain dancers work for the Ballinipatina team and she might now start close to favourite because we all know what she can do on a rain affected track. Ballinipatina has driven through underneath of those around the turn at the 150. Ballinipatina takes the lead, kicks clear, two lengths, Rothmeyer and best of Bordeaux streaking away. Ballinipatina and boy, doesn't she deserve this? And I'll be honest, I'll be cheering for one of my favourites, Kematari. It's been an enjoyable ride teaming up with Godolphin for the SEN slot in the Quokka. And the best part about today will be some of our loyal listeners will get the experience to share the emotions of part owning Special K for the day. Now, how good is that? Going to war with James Cummings, Vin Cox, Nassim Dilmi, who travels everywhere Kementari goes, and the greatest of all time, Damien Oliver. And along, of course, with Kementari, who keeps on showing up no matter what life throws at him. And he might be a rising nine-year-old, but I'm telling you, he won't let us down today. Win, lose or draw, this resilient old warrior will make us all proud. Kemantari's hugging the fence and pinching ground. Big Parade in front. Count to Rupee has come up to throw in a challenge. It's Big Parade and Neck in front to Count to Rupee. And Kemantari is scraping paint. If he gets through, he might go close. Count to Rupee hits the lead. Count to Rupee from Kemantari. Kemantari's flying. Got up. Oh, big win, Special K. Kemantari. Yeah, get up today, Special K. And then you throw in the all-age stakes and the champagne stakes at Ramwick. Vobus Day at Sandown. Some black type racing in Brisbane and Adelaide, and it's another beautiful day to be alive. Welcome to Winners on this Saturday, and joining me live at Ascot is my great mate, 
the man from South Australia, Miles Fitzner. Good morning to you. Hello, G-Man. Good to be here. Nice and early for us. Uh, yep. We got here to see the sunrise over what is a picturesque Ascot race course. We walked through and had a chat to the trainers. And You loved it, didn't you? You, you oh. met some of your heroes because you dominate on the tip here in the west at Neville Parnham, Stephen Parnham we ran into. Um, the girls in the cafe. LK Fernie. Jeez, he's lost a little bit of weight, hasn't he? Hasn't he ever? Um, so, no, it's a great day. Looks like we'll be on a soft five. We'll get a track update a little later on when they do the official track rating here in the West. But um, big day of racing. Unfortunately, it's a heavy eight in Sydney. Yeah, heavy eight in Sydney, and we'll t touch on that a little bit later. Just um, phone's gone crazy this morning. Everyone in the East wanting to know how the track is here in the West. And look, for those that took the futures price on Bella. We were praying oh, for rain okay. in the lead up and, and we got 10.5 mil in the last 24 hours here, Gareth. So uh, the track currently a soft five. We spoke, Stevie Parnham said before, he said he expects it to be a five. Yep. Um, we haven't had a walk on it yet. Uh, there's some horses out there doing some track work and we wanted to stay out of the way and also yes. try to keep warm. But uh, look, I'm thinking five, but really need to know here. If it finds up with a, with a decent breeze, maybe an upgrade, but that'll be the big question. But the, the, the point to make is that the three-metre rail position here at Ascot is, is as fair as you ever get here at Ascot. So the, the pattern-wise, uh, at the three-metre position here is exactly what you want for every horse. Doesn't matter if you're wide or inside, you get an opportunity here at Ascot. And this is winners for Picklebet and Kilmore TOC. And let's get stuck into it on this Saturday morning with, of course, the opening bell. The opening bell here. Kilmore Toyota, ready when you are. KilmoreToyota.com.au and Picklebet is involved. Fixed odds with top four betting. All new at Picklebet, the next-gen betting app. Let's welcome in the team. I'll tell you what, we are so lucky to have these two superstars on a Saturday morning to analyse the market and teach us a little bit what they think might happen throughout the day. Jules Valens from foxcatcherintel.com. Hello to you, Jules. G'day, guys. G'day, Miles. Um, yeah, no, it's good to be here. There's a bit happening around the country, so we're going to have to uh, keep our eyes darting everywhere, but it's, yep. it's going to be some good fun because um, I think the rain's coming here in Melbourne as well at some stage, so that might have some impact later. Now, Jules, are you with your heart today? Are you jumping on our bandwagon? Are you coming, are you coming on the ride with me <laughs> on, the, on this special K ride, Jules? Surely you can um, uh, let your heart take over just for five minutes on this Saturday afternoon. You ask a few, you suggested I don't even have a heart, so um, oh, I won't be doing I that, Gaz. Not, Jules. I, <laughs> I won't be doing that, Gaz. I, I, I hope it runs really well for you, but... Um, my hard-earned won't be on Kementari, but I love the story around it. And Jack Dickens from the Marbag Bloodstock. Hello to you, Dicko. Morning, boys. You're up and about. Tommy Papley, your man. He was a little upset that Tommy Papley didn't join him on a Thursday, but um, you would have been proud of Tommy. And he's listening this morning. Six snags there last night at the Adelaide Oval against the Tigers. Oh, 25 touches. Um, he fed him early too. I said, Tom, just, just get the boys going early tonight about being a leader. And um, he was enormous, wasn't he? Jeez, having a few boys jumped on the now my man, Tommy Papley. Well, half of SE and track have said my man. You now, Dicko, my man, Tommy Papley. Do you have a few on the bandwagon? Anyway, my man's Jules Valens. Jules, I want to know what's happening at Ascot today <laughs> in this quokka because I find it a fascinating betting race, and especially what they're doing around Bella Nipotina 
and dare I say it, if we stay at a, a soft five, um, do you think that she's a chance of maybe fighting for favouritism against this wonder filly from the West, Amelia's Jewel? I don't think so, from what I can see at the moment. What I can say is I think Amelia's Jewel, you know, if you're getting 310, 320 at the moment, I think you're going to get better than that at some stage throughout the day. I think um, the point Miles makes is, is really salient, is the fact that if this track can go the either way, that if we end up sort of the times indicate we're on a soft six, then no doubt that gap between Amelia's Jewel and Bella Nipotina will uh, get a little bit closer. I think if we get closer to a good four and it dries out and the times indicate that we're, they're running okay times, then I think Amelia's Jewel probably tightens back up. So, look, you know, we still don't think we've had official scratchings here at Ascot. So there's not a lot happening other than the fact that Asfura, if you can get $11, $12 at the moment, I think I'd be taking it because she looks like she's going to start in single figures. She's the one that's really been tightening up, I think. I don't know about that, Jules, only because... <laughs> no, I... Here you go, mate. You've got the bias of this man. Special case, $13. The bias of this man is unbelievable, boys. Unbelievable. I want to tell some... Like, Jules, this will have to affect the market. Mitchell Aiken's taking the ride. He hasn't ridden for a couple of weeks. He's been in Bali getting tattoos, and now he turns up here... On a big day at Ascot in a four million dollar race, surely yeah, turn up she at Ascot G. That's the really relevant point here. Yeah, this is where she, he should be riding every week. He's fine here. So, so Jules, would she be? And I hope he, I hope he dominates today, Aiken. But would she be a lot shorter if they had a different rider on her? I think no doubt it goes into the algorithms of the big guys that you know that's all part of it, jockeys. But we also got to take into account that Mitch Shaken's got a good record on this filly, so. Mayor. So there's no, you know, I, I 100% agree with what you're saying. But what I can see right now and the way this market's trending is they don't want this horse to be double figures. So I think it's going to start single figures. Your point's extremely uh, good. I get that. But in this case, I think they're, you know, suggesting, well, she's pretty bomber. If you just roll forward, sit outside lead or something like that, just got to hang on, don't you? Well, it'll be interesting to see what he actually does from that draw as well. So... Um, it'll be a fascinating race from a map point of view. Just having a look at the other race, like uh, the horses here, like an uncommon James Dicko, what do you think he'll do today? Uh, I actually think Miles and um, Jules have nailed it. So it, we're going to have seen eight, seven races and we're all tipping it's going to be a pretty fair track. If that is the case, they'll start to, to have a lot more confidence finding uncommon James as Fora from 12 and 13 and then the favourite Amelia's Jewel. They'll be the three that sort of shorten up if the track race is fair and if it's on pace and it's still a bit wet, it'll be Bella Nipotina. That's how it's going to go. And, um, yeah, I, I have no problem with Mitch Aiken. Like, there's... The way I read this race, there's Ben Mellon and Damien Oliver and then... Well, take your pick. Boys, I want to ask you this question. I know we keep talking about Bella Nipotina in regards to... The soft is going to be maybe more suited or the sting out, but... Are we forgetting the fact that this is a horse on a good three in a lightning that ran in behind Coolangatta and I wish I win? Does it really matter that much if it goes from a five to a four for Bella? Good three at Flemington's no. a, a pretty unique operation. Um, that's the best track in Australia by a mile, and she was she was fresh. Um, you, you couldn't knock her miles, but I don't think it's her A1 setup. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I just think her best numbers have been at Mooney Valley when that cuts out of the ground. Now, we know Mooney Valley's its own unique beast with that Strathair sort of setup. 
but she seems to have all her big numbers and, and ratings have come out of that and just when the juice is out of it when the juice is in the track so I think if you're expecting from a market perspective if they're going to snow into her it's going to have to be off the soft five soft six I don't think she's going to be crushed um, if it is you know if they're running good four times just a couple of questions uh, on this quokka before we move on. I'll go to you, Jules, and then Dicko, you can pick up if you've got an opinion. Overpass, I'd be fascinated to get your thoughts on horses that have been gelded. And this horse is first up, Bjorn Baker prepares. And Kementari, in all seriousness, um, I thought he was too big of a price. I think he's probably getting into his right price now. Um, your thoughts there, Jules. And the other one, I'll give you three questions. Um, mm. The... The Betfair situation with this race, usually in Perth, there's no money in the Betfair pools basically up to um, 20, 30 minutes before race time. There's healthy pools already with the quokka. Does that make a difference in the way that the early betting goes on? Yeah, for for sure, no doubt. I mean, there's still going to be, uh, you know, there's a little bit more liquidity there, so that's a positive sign that it's uh, a bit of a stronger market. Um, But the, the major players are still going to, you know, bet into the corpse after scratching, so you'll see at your time at around 9am, I think this market will shift a little bit. You'll get a really good guide of where you think Amelia's Jewel's going to end up, what's going to tighten up into single figures. And and to your original questions, Overpass, he's the one that's actually been really tight in the market. So I don't think, if you can get $15, it looks like from what I can see, that might just about be your best price. Um, it's being backed as if it's going to improve through the break, so that's a positive sign. I think you're right. I think the floor's been reached with Kamantari price-wise. I think, you know, you don't have to rush and back that horse now. I think you'll probably get better at some stage throughout betting. So, um, no, there's a little bit to play out here, and we'll sort of see a little bit more action from a market perspective when scratchings are done and probably the official track rating comes out. You'll see the big dogs have a bit of a play through the corpse and horses will tighten up and they'll get a little bit soft and then it'll be game on. Yeah, I, I thought if you liked overpass, which you're entitled to, like second, around second, first up, last prep behind Nature Strip, it returns gelded here. So that's a that's a tick, tick, tick. It goes, ah, oh, King the J Par, tick. Um, if you like it, have something on now because I think it could be the one they back. Just, I, I think this horse, Amelia's Jewel, something special. Well, I hope so. Something special. And as much as I'm, a, you know, I'm cheering for Bellany Patina from a futures perspective, but. Um, I'm trying not to overthink this too much in regards to horses like like Overpass, Kementari, um, Shades of Rose. They're, some of those are going to go handlebars down and have a crack here. This just sets up for, for horses to run on. I'm, I'm, it looks over for me in regards to those two. And just the, the Karakata plate, there's a horse that they... Well, Simon Miller says that Live to Tell has been showing signs of what Amelia's Jewel was doing in the early part of her career, Dicko. She's an odds-on favourite. Will we get $2? If Simon Mills right, you won't. I reckon you will. Um, yeah. I think they, they, they cuddle it for narrative over there. Then the big boys start to step in. Like, there's no liquidity this race yet. Um, the truth will be told in, you know, two, two, two and a half hours. Jules, will think, you give I us think $2? $2? I think at some stage you'll get $2 across the board, guys. Um, you want to see, I know it's early doors, there's not a lot of action, but you want to see, is there a middle pinner that's got a bit of support? So, you know, possibly the, horse can, the horses at the top of the market might get soft. Was like Wiley Girl, like it's really so- solid in the market. So all of a sudden, there's just that little bit of a crack, possibly um, in a market perspective that you're not going to get a dollar seventy, a dollar seventy-five, 
about the favourite. It's just not going to happen. So I think at some stage, I think the horse will hit black figures. And if you think that's a great price, then I'm sure people will be jumping out of trees to back it. If either of you boys put up two bucks, I will absolutely destroy it. The, ra- <laughs> the, race, is, the race is over. I don't declare them very often, lads. <laughs> But there, this horse does not lose today. Anyway, anyway, it's basically well, it is the final day of the Sydney Carnival. It's not the championships, but I think the championships should head into a third week. We've got the All Age and the Champagne, but unfortunately, Michael Wood and his team and Racing New South Wales and the ATC can't take a trick because. Guess what? We're on another heavy track and it's a heavy eight this afternoon, which means Private Eye doesn't take his place in the all-age stakes. Joe Pride deciding to send him up to Brisbane for the Kingsford Smith and the victory before that. So he'll have a Queensland campaign now, Private Eye. And Jules, it's an interesting race when it comes to the market because I'd be fascinated to see what they do with Giga Kick from this wide gate because we had um, the team on there on Thursday, Clayton Douglas for the Stable Mail, and he was weighing up whether he would start this horse on a heavy track. Yeah, okay. Death taxes and rain during the Sydney autumn carnival, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's the three, the three things we can rely on. Um, he's solid. He's really solid in the market. Giga kick. So they've decided to run him. So it's game on. But yeah, he's really solid. So uh, no, no chink in his armor from a market perspective. Uh, if you like Marzu, I think. You can get $6. I don't reckon that will last. I think that'll be a horse that tightens up throughout the day. And then the rest, you can sort of feel that yeah, they might hold their price, but they'll probably have to soften because I think there's enough support there with Giga Kick and Marzu in particular um, to be solid. The Japanese horse, Ho-Ho Amay Amazon, pretty solid as well. So one of those ones, um, a bit like the horse that ran in the Queen Elizabeth, not too much idea about it, but don't actually want to be actively laying it and just being very, very mindful of those kinds of horses. So they're the three that I think are solid enough in the market. And as I say, I think the rest, you could probably get a better price than what you can see right in front of your face now. Dicko, I want your thoughts here and then you, Jules, in regards to Zaki. Um, he's a horse that's obviously... Uh, probably going to bowl along. The trials look reasonably sound. He's pretty good on a heavy deck. Um, is this a horse that might be hard to run down on this surface? And with that, if we see that, maybe a little bit of bias um, towards horses that are up the front on this on this surface, are we going to see a bit of a go from the 550? Because I'm thinking we will. Uh, I don't know what will happen, but I'm going to lay him. Um, I, I hate horses that have got random setups and they've missed work and, and I think he's a 1,600 metre to 2,000 metre horse, but he's going to get a few things in his favour. I reckon the track will favour on post horses, which should be him, but he's not going to lead as easily. Like We saw him not lead throughout his preparation before he went to the um, Champions Day at Flemington last preparation. That was 1,600 metres to 2,000 metre races. This is going to be a lot faster run than those races were, so he's not going to get it as given to him. Um but if the track stays in a heavy and and it has been favouring horses that are settling like in those first four, I don't see how he drifts, but um, <laughs> certainly I hope he does, Jules. Yeah, it's a really interesting one because if he does drift, you know that he's not there. So yeah. that's a great guy. I think he's one of these horses where you just don't need to back him right now. You can wait till the death and get more market intelligence. So if you miss the $6 and he starts 480 I think, yes, you've missed the price, but it's a great guy that you know this horse is rocking and rolling, ready to go. Oh, I'm a little bit worried about him today. I think you're first up on a really heavy deck 
what's he going to be like in that last 200 metres? My gut feel is he's not going to be 100% wound up, so he means he's going to be a little bit soft. And he's got a horse that runs second, you know, in the TJ uh, as a three-year-old who's now third up, ready to explode. Um, it just sets up a little bit sticky for him, the same as what uh, I think Dicko's saying. But I think this is the perfect horse that you don't need to know the dog before it goes to school. Just wait, 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 and then you can back it if you want. A lot. Sure, no, that's old school. Yeah, I know. I, I know you, I've never heard that. I know oh, you I'm touched on him. I know you touched on him just before, but this Japanese horse fascinates me because he's trained by one of the world's very best. They say he's the best chance for Japan to strike at this carnival, and he's got some pretty handy form lines. And he's at a like he's at a big price for mine. Like, he hasn't. Is it like he hasn't really firmed in since it's the final field? It's fields. the exact same setup as last week. No one knows what to do. No one will lay him. And if the track goes into a soft or or it improves even further, he'll firm. It's, I, it's a, I think the market will be against him on a heavy track and will come to him on a soft six or better. And what about my old favourite Cascadian? Like he's had some back deals. I have, yeah. you know, yeah, they're, they're all wear blue. The, the, the no. question mark here for, for me as a punter is like, well, last week I wanted to back this horse over 2,000 metres in a group one. Now I want to take him at a 1,400-metre race. It just grazed me right up. But the market's a little bit horned up for him early on. Um, <laughs> if it stays school. heavy, he's absolutely flying this horse. Um, I wouldn't want to lay him, Jules, but I, I think 400 metres probably just short of his best work. Yeah, no doubt. I sort of I agree with you. It seems to be just a feel here. The few of these horses that are tightening up, they're happy with the wide draws, so Cascadian, Marzu, and, and Giga Kick, and even to a lesser extent, the Japanese horse is in seven. So possibly are the bigger guys thinking that, you know, this track is tight, and I know the rail goes out to seven metres, and we've been sort of in, in uh, around that four last week, but are they starting to back horses with the wide gate? So again, when you're looking at these markets and seeing horses firm in throughout the day at Randwick, Try and find a pattern. Is there a pattern with, okay, yeah, it's going to be wet trackers, but more importantly, it could be barrier-related. So um, I think that's something to keep an eye on. That is such an insightful pearl. That's amazing information. Don Corleone militarised. Like, militarised continues to be heavily supported. I think he's touching odds on now. Jules, what price will he start for Joe? Yeah, I I think unless we see him parade poorly or something happens... You know, from now till then, I think you're only going to get red figures about militarise. And um, we speak about it a lot with these young two-year-olds who don't have many starts. You could just throw out the SP from the previous start. So he wins, and he wins so convincingly last start. But people go, oh, yeah, but he started at 20s or 30s. I and mean, we see it so often with these horses, a two-, three-year-old. You know, I remember September run, one up the straight at 40s one day, and then, you know, started favouring the Coolmore. And people were like, well, how can I back this horse? It just doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. So the market's pretty solid militarised. There's been good support Don Corleone sort of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we speak about two different markets within the one market. Um, probably going to touch back out to $4, I think. Uh, outside of that, I couldn't really find anything they really wanted to charge into. I think Tom Kitten probably starts single figures. Um, but not much else, Dick. I don't know if you had anything else here from a market perspective. Oh, I think it's essentially a two-horse race and it's a really like a fascinating test case for SPs in young horses because if, if the SP is the truth in these young horses, the, the market will come for Don Corleone. It started $7 versus $21 last time these two horses met. I'd, I'm with Jules, though. The market right now, since 9 o'clock, we've had 30 minutes, is gonna is telling us that militarised might start in the red and Don Corleone's probably going to start with a four in front of it. 
Will Magic Time be the shortest price favourite for the day in Sydney, Jules? She goes around, of course, in the car stakes. Possibly. There's there's enough support for... Uh, Opal Rich. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so here's, here's the example where we talk about a horse that's a short price favourite. Yeah. Are they backing anything around it? Are they backing the third, second, third, fourth pick? Well, there's enough support here for Opal Ridge and there's enough support here for Alentia to suggest if you want a better price about Magic Time, because currently that $1.80, $1.85, the market's telling me that you will get a better price about Magic okay. Time at some stage throughout betting. Yes. That is interesting. And it's the same it's... scenario, Jules, as the other race with the young horses, like, sort of who cares what price this thing started last start it was yep. very very impressive on a very similar track um, very seven. similar field there's no real knock on the horse but the market's sort of saying I think they're a little bit closer than what they are right now In the yep. what are you doing what are you doing with Valana today Jules and then Dicko on the Hallmark Stakes uh, look this is a tricky race really isn't it because you've got the Blue Army sort of with the three the three of the four really key hopes. So, um, mm-hmm. Valana in essence, like 260 put up, and now you can get sort of 270, 280. I think it's possibly going to continue to soften. It's not a massive gap in it that the, the big crack that you go, yeah, this is going to be 350, 360, but I think you're going to get better than that. Um, horses like Gravina, really solid. Uh, Bacchanalia, there's enough support there with some smarties that bet with me to suggest that it's going to be solid throughout betting. Um, again, one of those ones where you've got your favourite, but they're happy to back second, third, fourth, fifth pick a little bit, suggesting if you like Valana, don't need to back it right now. Best price will be closer to the jump. Yeah, well, drive, I'm holding yeah. some money at Gravina. I, I thought the interesting horse here, Jules, is Key Largo. Like race fit, swims, yep. excuses the last few. It's the blowout in this race for me, but you, you kind of then have to have an opinion that one of these things is vulnerable and to say that Valana's vulnerable, I think, is a bit flary. Um, okay. You know, it's got Nash. It, it swims. It's going to tick a lot of boxes. And then there's even that wah-ha-ha ha, falls. For, for, like, it's a very good horse. Swimmer. We're, we're, we're going to get to the news if if it's worth any, anything for any of our listeners out there. The driver doesn't want Grafina today. Oh, he's back, is he? <laughs> yeah. He's back. I, he sort I, of went to the ground a little bit, didn't oh, he? The big fella. Um, Miles just quickly wants to have a chat about the JR8. Yeah, I just wanted to mention in the JR8, it's one of the more open races probably for the day with $6 the field. Um, there's a horse in there that's had support and going to continue to get more in Cadre du Noir for the May Eustace team. Yeah. Um, the 11. I think you could have got close enough to 35, so you're already in the 23s. Okay. So the horse is probably going to start close to do about $14, $15. Let's take the news at 735 Loves yeah. it. <laughs> stable mail was woeful yeah, the other day. It. Gab Nat led him up the, the, the garden path with the Doncaster tip. What, with Duke Decessor? Yeah, you're bragging. How's the ride on it? Oh, don't, oh here we <laughs> go. Well, you're sounding like Dicko now.